Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Kyle Fall Ear Podcast. I'm going to be talking about UFC 263 and last night's fight night with Korean Zombie versus Dan Ige. Hope you all enjoy. First thing I want to talk about UFC 263, Chase Hooper was not able to get the victory. He lost by decision to Steven Peterson. Um, Chase made a really good post after his fight. Basically just saying that he does have time on his side. Uh, Like I mentioned before, he is only 21 years old uh, and super talented, but he does have things to work on, and he acknowledged that. Um, Solid fight between them. Steven Peterson, to start the third round, did like a fake glove touch and then ended up throwing a strike at Chase Hooper. Uh, A lot of people were pissed off about that. But overall, Chase Hooper acknowledges the fact that he has a lot to work on, especially his striking um, and that he's still young, but he, he has a lot of potential, uh, which is very true. I'm not sure what his future is in the UFC, uh, but like I said, he's still young, so no matter what happens, I think he does have a bright future ahead of him in the sport. Next fight on UFC 263 I want to go over is Drew Dober versus Brad Riddell. I actually mentioned this one in my last episode, how I thought it was going to be a good fight, and it definitely did not disappoint. Overall, I think it was probably the best fight on the entire card. Um, A lot of great striking through some very hard punches. I'm surprised one of them didn't get knocked out because there's just some points where they're just going back and forth. Uh, Brad won by decision. Was a very close fight. I think that was the right choice. Drew made a post the other day saying that he thought he won after he watched it back and everything. It was close. I do think that Brad won it, though. And great opportunity for him. He now broke into the top 15. Right now on the UFC official rankings, they're both ranked 13. Uh, I imagine that's going to change pretty soon, that one of them will probably get 12. Like Brad will get 12 and Drew will get 13 or something like that. But great performance by both guys. And uh, I'm excited to see what's next for him. Now getting into the main card of UFC 263, we had a very exciting start with Paul Craig and Jamal Hill. Paul Craig was able to get it done in the first round. It was declared a KO, TKO win. Um, If you didn't watch it, it was absolutely insane. Uh, Paul Craig dislocated Jamal Hill's arm, and it was pretty disgusting, but amazing to watch at the same exact time. Um, That ref is getting a lot of criticism which I think is fair because the arm was like completely dislocated. I thought it was broken when I first watched it. Uh, They said later in the broadcast that it was just a really bad dislocation uh, and that he's, he's fine now, but the ref just let it go. And Paul Craig, like Louie just like looked up at him and was wondering when he was going to stop the fight because he knew his arm was just completely messed up. And then when the ref finally stepped in there and broke it up, Jamal was just sitting there, like, with his arm just messed up. Had to hold it when they raised Paul Craig's uh, arm when they, you know, declared him the winner and everything. Just really weird to see. But, yeah, Paul Craig just showed how much of an absolute monster he was. Um, I want to say that I predicted Paul Craig was going to win. And all 13 MMA junkie people said that Jamal Hill was going to win. Um just want to point that out, but that, that was a great fight. Um, 
if you if you like first round finishes. Uh, at first, I thought Jamal Hill tapped, but they ultimately didn't, you know, didn't say that he tapped, and they called it a KO, TKO finish for Paul Craig. But uh, there's a lot of bad blood leading up to that fight, and you'll see pictures later that night. They made up, showed respect to each other, and then ended up like dancing and drinking together that night uh, at the after parties and stuff. So pretty cool that their buildup was so intense and full of trash talk, and then after a fight, they're able to, you know, have some respect for each other. So, really good way to start off uh, UFC 263 main card. The next fight on the UFC 263 main card was Bilal Muhammad versus Damian Maya. This would have been a good one to go and get you another drink from the fridge or, you know, some more food or something like that. Because overall, it just really wasn't that exciting. Uh, Bilal Muhammad won by decision, but... Overall, wasn't a great performance by either man. Damian Mai kept trying to go for takedowns. Uh, only one was successful. It was in the first round. Other than that, Bilal Muhammad was able to stuff all the takedowns and keep it on the feet. Uh, he definitely outstriked Damian Maya. Damian Maya has never been known as a striker. He's always been good at the ground and submissions and things like that. But the damages that Bilal was inflicting with those shots just wasn't great. So he did dominate in a way but just not a whole lot of damage was done uh, that was Damian Maya's last fight on his UFC contract Dana didn't sound really too interested in giving him another uh, fight or another contract so that was probably the last time we'll see Damian Maya in the UFC for Bilal Muhammad that is by far his biggest win in the UFC and it let him break into the top 10 now he is ranked number nine in that division. So he's got some interesting opportunities coming up. Uh, after Afterwards in the press conference, he was talking trash about Leon Edwards. You know, there's a little bit of rivalry there because they fought each other in the past. I mentioned it in my last episode, and it ended in a no contest because of a legal eye poke in the first round by Leon Edwards. So... He was he's basically just saying that Leon Edwards' performance wasn't really that impressive because he wasn't able to knock Nate Diaz out. But, you know, then again, that's coming from the guy who wasn't able to knock Damian Maya out. So I think he was just trying to, you know, set it up for another interesting fight. Definitely won't give him Leon Edwards. But since he's in that top 10 now, he could get, you know, like Michael Chiesa, um, something like that. You know, like a number six, number seven opponent. Uh, you got, you know, Michael Chiesa at six. Neil Magny at eight. That'd be a good one. Uh, Vincent Luque. There's different options for him going forward. Uh, overall, I do think he's a really good fighter, just not a really great performance. Uh, not very exciting. But Damian Maia had a great career. I, I do believe it's probably... The last time we'll see him in the UFC. But there's always a chance he could compete in another organization like Bellator. But if he hangs it up, I completely understand that as well. And uh, he had an overall great career. Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz was very interesting. Uh, overall, Leon Edwards was winning that fight. You know, Nate Diaz had his moments where he'd you know, land some good shots on Leon, and he'd showboat a little bit to get the crowd into it, uh, everything that we love about Nate Diaz. But overall, Leon Edwards was winning that fight. 
up until the last minute of like the fifth round. And then Nate landed a really good combo on Leon and had him stunned. He pointed at Leon, and I think at the time he didn't realize how wobbled he had him. And a lot of people were arguing that if he would have just followed up instead of pointed at him, he could have got the finish. Um, watching it back, I'm not sure if Nate actually realized how close he was to putting Leon out. Um, but it made for a really exciting last minute. And I kind of feel bad for Leon because this was his opportunity to gain a lot of respect with the MMA community, especially like the casual fans going up against a superstar like Nate Diaz and beating him and really dominating all of the fight. But because of that last minute, that's really all anyone could talk about. I mean, Nate Diaz was obviously losing the fight. He was super bloody like he is in all of his fights. And then almost almost putting Leon out. Like, there was a minute there where I believe, and I'm sure a lot of other people watching, thought that Nate was going to end up finishing him in that last minute and winning the fight. So after the fight, that's when what, what everyone was talking about. But, you know, Nate Diaz is just a superstar. This is the first time in history that they're doing a five-round non-title, non main event fight so I mean it just shows how big of a star he is and how excited people were to watch him come back but you know they're setting things up with Leon Edwards now uh, I believe he'll either fight the winner of Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington I think that's the next title fight Colby Covington gave Usman the toughest challenge he's had since he's been champion so I think they'll probably do that rematch next so Leon Edwards could get the winner of that fight, or if he wants to stay busy in the meantime, there's a lot of talk about him fighting Jorge Masvidal. Um, for you guys that don't know, the, the three-piece in the soda actually originated with Leon Edwards. Uh, Jorge Masvidal was doing a press conference kind of thing, an interview, and Leon Edwards was talking, you know, yelling at him, talking trash, and Jorge just walked over. And, you know, gave him the three-piece in the soda. And then the interview right afterwards is where he originated that. So uh, if you didn't know, it's actually about Leon Edwards. And there's a lot of rivalry there. And I think that'd be a really interesting fight as well. Um, Jorge's another really big name. So Leon could gain some respect that way. Or I could see him just waiting to want to fight Usman and get that rematch. Um, so either way, it's going to be really exciting to see what's next for Leon Edwards. UFC 263 co-main event, Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. This fight went completely different than their first time. Brandon Moreno was able to get the win. Third round submission to become the new flyweight champion. And it was such an awesome moment to see. Such a great guy. And he's the first Mexican-born UFC champion in history. Um, he had an awesome reaction. You could just tell how like happy he was. Right after the fight ended, it almost seemed like he was in shock, and he did. it took him a second to realize. But, I mean, his interview with Joe Rogan and everything. And if you ever watch, like, Brandon Moreno's press conferences or YouTube videos or anything like that, you can just tell he's an awesome guy, very nice. And couldn't have happened to a better guy. And huge for the sport in general to have their first Mexican-born champion. And now it sets it up for a couple different opponents. Um Triple C, Henry Cejudo, has talked about making a comeback. 
that'd be an interesting fight if Dana wanted to welcome him back into the UFC, um, have him fight for the championship. Brandon Moreno threw out Cody Garbrandt's name, even though he's coming off a loss since he is a former champion and a pretty big star. That's always an opportunity. Uh, you could do the trilogy between Davidson Figueredo and Brandon Moreno if you really wanted to. Uh, Brandon Moreno had a pretty dominant performance, but Davidson Figueredo was talking about how he didn't feel well and a bad weight cut and things like that. I actually mentioned that in my last episode that Davidson Figueredo usually struggles with weight. Uh, especially in this division. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the weight cut did play an effect on his performance. But, you know, what I would like to see is Joseph Benavidez fight for the championship. I'd like to see him uh, at least get one more shot. He lost twice to Davidson Figueredo, but put him up against Moreno, give him at least one more opportunity to fight for that championship. I love Joseph Benavidez. He's the husband of Megan O'Levy. And uh, I comment on his pictures, and he always likes my uh, likes my comments. So me and him are pretty cool. Probably be on the podcast one day or something. But anyways, awesome for Brandon Moreno, and it was a great moment for the UFC. UFC 263 main event, Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori. Izzy won in pretty dominant fashion. There was only one moment where I thought Vittori had a chance of winning. They were on the ground, and... Almost got Izzy in like a rear naked choke, but he was able to get out of that pretty quick. Um, other than that, Vittori didn't have much success on the feet, and Izzy had a pretty pretty easy night overall. He just looked much better than Vittori. Uh, I heard a lot of people say that this fight was kind of boring. I think when Izzy doesn't get the finish, a lot of a lot of casuals and stuff say that it's boring. Um I can, I can see where some people think it's boring. I just love Izzy, so maybe I'm a little biased. Uh, obviously, I want to see him go knock people out. But it was awesome to see just his striking performance against Vittori and show us how much better he actually is. Vittori, after the fight, was saying to Izzy that he thought that he still won. And he was saying basically in like the press conference and stuff before the fight that he thought he won their first fight. Um, so he's saying the same thing afterwards, but later in the night, I don't know if you watch a replay or just came to the realization that he did not win and he gave respect to Izzy and understand that he's got things to improve on and things like that. So next for Israel to Sonya, he's wanting the rematch with Robert Whitaker. I think that's definitely the fight to make Marvin Vittori. You got a couple different options. Um, he called out Paulo Costa. I think that'd be a great fight. Paulo Costa's kind of in this weird thing right now on Twitter and all, pulling out of fights and all this other kind of stuff. But if they can make that fight ha- happen, that'd be a really good one. Um, other than that, if Izzy and Robert Whitaker happen and Izzy wins, this middleweight division really needs someone to, to step up and show themselves as a next contender. Uh, obviously, right now, Robert Whitaker is the number one contender, and he definitely deserves that. But other than that, you need someone to step up. Jared Cannonier, he would be a good one uh, if he can get, like, another good win. Uh, Darren Till is obviously a pretty big star, but he'll need at least one or two more wins in this division to get his shot at the champion, Izzy. So I don't want to, you know, jump ahead and count Robert Whitaker out. 
But if Izzy is able to win this rematch, that middleweight division really needs someone to step up. It's kind of the same thing that's happening with the welterweight division with Kamaru Usman. Uh, I mean, he's going through and fighting these people he's already beat. Um, he already beat Jorge Masvidal once, and then he beat him in their rematch. I think that he'll probably fight Colby Covington again. So, you know, if they rematch, he'll if he beats him, then he's basically cleared out that whole top five besides uh, Stephen Thompson, which would be awesome to see. But it kind of happened in both those divisions. They're just becoming so dominant that they need someone to step up and prove that they can fight against the champion. But overall, a really good card. UFC 263 did not disappoint. And I'm ready for the next pay-per-view, which will be the Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor trilogy. Real quick, I want to talk about some of the fights last night on the UFC fight night, Korean Zombie versus Dan Ige. Um, I only watched the main card. I didn't get the chance to watch any of the prelims. But the first three fights on the main card of the fight night last night were all KO TKOs, uh, the very first three. So it was absolutely insane to watch. And I've mentioned it before, but that's why I love fight nights because they're free to watch. I mean, it was on ESPN2 last night, and then all of them are always on ESPN+. Plus. So, I mean, it gives casual fans, if they're just you know bored or hanging out with friends or whatever, and they want to tune in to watch some free fights, and you have performances like that. I mean, it was absolutely insane to watch. Uh, the first one was Matt Brown versus Diego Lima. And Matt Brown, 40 years old, uh, looked great. Uh, I, I mentioned in one of my very first episodes, it was him versus Carlos Condit. And I was saying how they were both older and they were trying to prove that they could fight. Carlos Condit won that fight. Matt Brown didn't look... Didn't look great in it, but last night he showed that he still belongs in the UFC and he can put on great performances. And now he's beat both of the Lima brothers. I think he's the only person in MMA to do that. He also beat, uh, so he beat Diego and Douglas Lima. So, you know, that's just a fun fact for you. Second fight, first round knockout by Bruno Silva. That was a wild fight, uh, very weird because the, his his opponent, Terman, kept just like jumping on his back. Uh, it was kind of weird to watch, but exciting all at the same time. Bruno just had like such long arms that he was able to just just hit him in the face over and over again when he was on the ground and able to knock him out with like 15 seconds left in that first round. So that was very exciting. And then, like I said, another first round finish right after that. So the first three, all knockouts within the first two rounds. Awesome to watch. Right afterwards, you had Marlon Cheeto Vera versus Davey Grant. Vera looked dominant the whole fight. Uh, a lot of people think, especially Ariel Hawani, he even made a whole post about it that Vera has a very bright future. I didn't really know him until he beat uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley, but he looked very good, and he does have a bright future in that Bantamweight division. And then um, in the main event, you had Korean Zombie versus Dan Ige. 
and Korean Zombie looked very good and won by decision. Uh, a lot of people were started counting Korean Zombie out uh, and asking him questions and the build up and stuff, saying if you don't win and you know you're basically your run for a championship is over. Uh, he is getting older, but I mean his last loss was to Brian Ortega who's going to be fighting for the championship next. He's one of the coaches on Tough this season with the uh, champion Alexander Volkanovsky, and he is very good. So losing to him, there's really no shame in that. Uh, I do agree that you do have to keep winning to, you know, fight for a championship. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But losing to Brian Ortega in a, in a good fight, you know, you can't really discredit him. Zombie is very tough, and he's still at the top of that division. He's ranked four now. Um, him versus Jair Rodriguez would be really good. Um, Max Holloway just had a pull out of his fight uh, against Jair. That was scheduled for this summer. But he's still at the top of the division. I think he can still hang with those top guys. Dean Ige is number eight. I would love to see him against Bryce Mitchell. Thug Nasty, I think that'd be a crazy fight and give Bryce a chance to fight in that top 10. Obviously, I'm a little biased because, you know, Bryce is from Arkansas. Um, he he trains with my friend Johnny, stuff like that. But I think it'd be awesome. Bryce has to fight in the top 10 soon. I think Danny Gay coming off a loss would be a really good opponent for him. But, you know, overall, great fight night to watch. And uh, that's just the thing I love about fight nights is that when, even when you don't expect it, there can be some really good fights. Something I've been wanting to mention, and I'll probably dive deeper into it on a later episode, is MMA and UFC fighters transitioning over to boxing. Uh, Conor McGregor really opened the doors for that back in August of 2017 when he fought Floyd Mayweather, and now it's becoming pretty common. Uh, last night... The MMA and UFC community got a W with Anderson Silva uh, beating Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. by a split decision. Anderson Silva was the underdog and was able to get that win. I'll be honest, I'm very much a casual when it comes to boxing. I don't keep up with it very much. I know uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., his dad is an absolute legend in the sport of boxing, one of the, one of the best to ever do it. I don't know much about... Uh, Junior, I know there's some controversy with him, like missing weights and, uh, you know, maybe some drug use and stuff like that. But overall, uh, great to see a MMA UFC guy make that transition over and get a win against a legit opponent. Uh, and then you have other instances like Ben Askren getting knocked out by Logan Paul. You know, that was not great for MMA UFC. A lot of people were disappointed by that. But in Ben's defense, he was never a great striker. Um, he was never known for that. And he's 40 years old, coming off a hip surgery and retired. I mean, he came out just to fight Logan Paul because he knew how much money he would make. And now that he lost, he's saying that he never wants to fight again, whether it be boxing or MMA or whatever. So he came out just for the money. I mean... I don't blame him. I'm sure he made a ton of it. And now Jake Paul gets to add that to his to his record and his resume. Uh, he will now be facing Tyron Woodley, who's a good friend of Ben Askren. And that one is more legit. Definitely a step up in competition. 
the MMA and UFC community is happier about that one because they feel like it better represents them. Tyron Woodley having knockout power, being a former UFC champion, um, just represents the sport a little better than Ben Askren, who was never known for striking, didn't compete very long in the UFC, things like that. But, I mean, you have other fighters, too, like Vitor Belfort is going to be fighting Oscar De La Hoya. Rashad Evans and his manager came out yesterday saying he's coming out of retirement. Uh, he wants to fight either Logan Paul or Roy Jones Jr. So I think it's pretty common. I mean, even with the you know YouTuber, YouTubers versus TikTokers, uh, Austin McBroom versus Bryce Hall or whatever, I mean, they're making a ton of money off it as well. I think it's something that's going to stay for a while. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Uh, you might have even seen Lamar Odom had a celebrity boxing match. His like shorts were sagging and stuff during it. I, I think it's going to happen for a while. I think it might be this kind of division of boxing. Like you'll have the real boxers with like Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder and stuff like that. And then you'll have kind of these older UFC fighters making that transition over where they can make a ton of money doing that. Tyron Woodley's claiming that he'll make more money fighting Jake Paul than he ever made in the UFC. Um, Dana says it's not true. It might be, it might not. Um, there is a lot of talk about UFC fighter pay. Uh, Tyron Woodley and Dana White have definitely had their disagreements in the past, even when Tyron was a champion, saying that he didn't market him very well, things like that. But uh, it's, it's interesting to see, to say the least. I'll definitely tune in to see Tyron Woodley versus Jake Paul. Um, I'll try to catch a live stream of it. I'd rather not spend my money. I don't know if you've ever bought a thriller event or he's, I guess he's with Showtime now, so it wouldn't be on show or uh thrill anymore. But those thriller events are kind of weird. Uh they're more concerts and performing than fights in general. Um I I was one of the people that bought the Ben Askren versus Jake Paul one. Uh they had a bunch of people perform. It is literally more concerts than than fighting. They had like a slap boxing thing in the middle with like Ric Flair and Pete Davidson commentating. Um, it was a weird form of entertainment for sure. Now that he's with Showtime, I don't think I think his Thriller days are done, so I probably will never have to buy another one of those. But anyways, with all that being said, I'll probably try to live stream it. So y'all send me the link if you find it whenever that date comes. I don't even know when the date is. I think it's maybe in August or September. But yeah, just a weird thing that's happening with all these older UFC guys making that transition over. And, uh, you know, I'm not a huge boxing fan, so I'm not sure how they feel about it, but they probably probably kind of pissed, especially like the OG boxing fans seeing stuff like that. But I mean, they also have some interesting fights like Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, going to do their trilogy. Um, Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury was talked about for a while. I'm sure that'd be a really good fight to see. Um, Canelo is obviously a beast, so I'll, I'll try to watch his fights. Um, you know, I watch it with one of my buddies, Jaime, and stuff like that. So um, there's a lot of good in boxing as well, but I'm sure, like, the real boxing fans are probably probably pissed about all these YouTubers and stuff coming over to their sport. But anyways, uh, hopefully Tyron Woodley knocks Jake Paul out. Want to do two quick shout-outs before wrapping up the episode. 
The first one is to my beautiful girlfriend, Ellen. It is our one-year anniversary today. Uh, she has been one of my biggest supporters throughout this whole podcast. Even when we first started talking and dating, she knew how much of a fan I was of MMA and UFC and how I always had a dream of starting a podcast. And she's always encouraged me the whole way. Even when I took that break from making episodes, she was always asking me when I was going to make my next one. Always wanted me to make time for it. Um, so she's always supported me and my uh, passion for the UFC. And over this past year, she's become a pretty big fan of it herself. She's definitely not a casual anymore. I mean, she's watched many hours of it with me. So uh, she'll remember fighters' names, and she'll have her own favorite fighters. And even when they're, like, up on the screen, uh, she'll be like, oh, we've seen him fight before. So it's been really cool that she's uh, she's become a fan of something I'm so passionate about and that she's always supported me with it. So I wanted to give her a shout-out. And then happy Father's Day to my dad. Uh, he's one of my biggest supporters as well. I'd probably say those are my two biggest supporters with this podcast. Um, he's been a huge fan of MMA and UFC for a long time. Uh, he used to get to go like trade shows and stuff in Vegas uh, where he's met a lot of cool fighters like Brock Lesnar, Rashad Evans. He's got all these pictures and stuff. Um, and it's just been great because when I first started getting into the UFC, uh, I watched a lot of the events with him. And now we get to talk about it. We've been on fights all the time. He's a huge fan of the Dana White Contender Series, which I don't watch as much as him. So he gets to tell me about some of the young guys coming up and stuff. So uh, it's just been really great being able to talk to him about uh, my podcast and also just uh, UFC in general. So wanted to give two quick shout out to uh, the both of them. So that's going to wrap up the eighth episode of the Cauliflower Ear podcast. As always, if you have any suggestions or comments, please let me know. Just send me a message. And hope you all enjoyed the episode.